Hey Tidbitters, welcome to Audio Tidbits. Today I have three tunes from Kevin and three tips that I think you'll find particularly helpful. I'm also still playing with the voice changing software that I came across, but I think that after today enough is enough. We'll just go back to the regular audio, but for today the voice changer is still Alive and well and working fine. Here we go. My first tip tells us to keep it on the high road, with style, all the time, on purpose. As tempting as it is at times to slip down to the low road, keeping it on the high road is the only way to go. Let's listen. We cut these numerous windings in our destinies daily with our own hands, while we imagine that we are pursuing a track on the royal high road of respectability and duty, and then complain of those ways being so intricate and so dark. We stand bewildered before the mystery of our own making, and the riddles of life that we will not solve, and then accuse the great sphinx of devouring us. H.P. Blavatsky. There you go again, daily cutting windings in your destiny with your own hands. You think those windings represent the track along the royal high road of respectability and duty but they don't. As it turns out, they are so intricate and so dark that you become bewildered, unable to handle the mysteries of your own making and the riddles of life. Instead of finding yourself on the royal high road, you are mired down in the mysteries, at a loss as how to solve the riddles. Will you solve the riddles? No? And it's that damn sphinx's fault. It's devouring you. The problem seems to be that you do one thing while imagining that you are doing another. More to the point is that you are trying to cut your own trail instead of sticking to the high road. A wise person once said, we know better than we do. That can be especially true when it comes to sticking to the high road. Sticking to the high road can be quite challenging. Even so, the associated lessons all have two things in common. First, they usually are not particularly complicated. It certainly can sometimes take a while to get it. But once you do get it, the lesson is normally straight up and to the point. Second, and here is the rub, the lessons invariably are a so now you tell me kind of thing. Oh sure, hindsight is 20-20, live and learn, no one is perfect, and you are only human. Nonetheless, having learned your lesson is not much consolation once you have already missed important opportunities to stick to the high road. Yes. You may do better the next time, but your chance to get it right the first time has passed and will not return. Much better is to get it right, the first time, on time, every time. It's certainly true that no one is perfect, you are only human, and things only work out just the way you want them to in the movies. Life can be a real bear sometimes, but fortunately, you do not have to take responsibility for life. You are only on the hook for who you are and what you do. Here is a suggestion worth taking to heart. Start with developing a personal style that sets you apart, that lets everyone know that you are a class act. Think about people you know who stand out from the crowd, people who are certifiable class acts. They have three techniques down pat. First, they are originals. Their style and approach with people and situations are their trademarks. Second, they are not on again, off again. They are always uniquely themselves. Third, and here is the key, it is no accident. They usually make it seem easy and natural. But take a closer look and you will soon understand and appreciate how hard they work at it. They consciously and purposely do everything they do, with style, all the time, on purpose, one situation at a time, one person at a time. Let's take a break for a tune from Kevin. 
He calls this one dirt roads. I'm not quite sure what that means, but listen carefully and maybe you will figure out what the point is. At any rate, I'm sure we'll enjoy it. advised us to do what we do with style all the time on purpose, keeping it on the high road. In our second tip, we learn more about keeping it on the high road. The idea is that we become what we habitually do. Keeping it on the high road might be one of the things we habitually do. And doing right by others is another way to keep it on the high road. Another way to find perfect virtue. Let's listen. Excellence is an art won by training and habituation. We do not act rightly because we have virtue or excellence, but rather we have those because we have acted rightly. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act but a habit. Aristotle. The idea that excellence is a product of training isn't surprising. Athletes, musicians, and those who achieve preeminence in other areas requiring superior personal performance are well aware of the necessity and value of continuous training. The point that may not be as obvious is that training and habituation are prerequisites for areas of excellence beyond developing physical skills and individual talents. They are necessary for emotional excellence, moral excellence, interpersonal excellence, as well as intellectual excellence. The point that may be even less obvious is that Aristotle also said that training and habituation are prerequisite to virtue. People have the capacity to be virtuous but become virtuous people only through training and habitually acting rightly. One becomes virtuous by acting virtuously. 
How does one act virtuously? Cicero advised, it is our special duty, that if anyone needs our help, we should give him such help to the utmost of our power. Canfasis said, to be able to practice five things everywhere under heaven constitutes perfect virtue. Gravity, generosity of soul, sincerity, earnestness, and kindness. Although how one practices gravity is less than obvious, the other four requirements need no explanation. John Wesley was even clearer when he said, do all the good you can. By all the means you can. In all the ways you can. In all the places you can. At all the times you can. To all the people you can. As long as ever you can. Now that leaves little room for doubt or negotiation. The message has not changed over the millennia. Dante said, he who sees a need and waits to be asked for help is as unkind as if he had refused it. Gandhi said, we must be the change we wish to see in the world. Is virtue the path to personal joy and fulfillment? Probably not. George Bernard Shaw said, just do what must be done. This may not be happiness, but it is greatness. Why? As George Eliot put it, our deeds determine us as much as we determine our deeds. Remember Aristotle's message, we are what we repeatedly do. The choice is to habitually act rightly or to act wrongly. At that level, it's not much of a choice. The key is remembering that acting virtuously is an essential part of one's ongoing excellence training.
The pure and simple truth is rarely pure and never simple. Oscar Wilde. Suppose Wilde is right, pure and simple. It follows that his proposition is likely not pure and definitely not simple. Truth has many forms and many faces, some of which are persisting and some of which are temporary, some of which are obvious and some of which are subtle, some of which are certain and some of which only might be true, are probably true, or, as the physicists like to say, approximately true. Most of the time, one can comfortably deal with the world without thinking about the nature of truth or about the actual validity of most truths. It works out fine to proceed on a true enough basis. Ice is cold and fire is hot. Your car is still where you parked it. The directions you get from MateWest.com will get you where you want to go. Eat too much and you will get fat. If you need help, you can count on your best friend. The important quandary usually isn't about truth or whether true enough is good enough. Rather, it's who can you believe? Who speaks the truth? To answer the, who can you believe? Question, it's necessary to introduce integrity into the mix. The question is, who are people of integrity? Because they are the only people you can or should trust. Samuel Johnson said, integrity without knowledge is weak and useless. A knowledge without integrity is dangerous and dreadful. The take-home point is to be sure you only seek truth from people who are clearly knowledgeable, people who know what they are talking about. For example, don't get legal advice from your brother-in-law, unless he happens to be an experienced attorney. Perhaps more critical than from whom you seek the truth is your capacity to evaluate the truth you receive. Know that it's seldom pure or simple. Deciding whether it's true enough is up to you. Key to this is correctly assessing the integrity of the person from whom you receive the truth. The two is neither pure nor simple. But there is one essential prerequisite to assessing the integrity of others. You must yourself be a person of integrity. As Ralph Waldo Emerson said, nothing is at last sacred but the integrity of your own mind. You are the final judge of the integrity of those from whom you seek the truth. John D. MacDonald likely hit the nail on the head when he said, Integrity is not a conditional word. It doesn't blow in the wind or change with the weather. It is your inner image of yourself, and if you look in there and see a man who won't cheat, then you know he never will. MacDonald also could have said that if you look in there and see a man of integrity, you are looking at a man who probably knows integrity when he sees it, in himself or in those whose truth is true enough. Let's take it out with a tune that picks up the pace just a little. Kevin calls this one fork and spoon. I guess we're all ready for a tasty delight. Mm -hmm. 
Music by Kevin McLeod.